that. But what a delight it is to be with you today and to come and to worship and to also celebrate what God is doing in this community through his choice leaders for this time. And just want to just encourage you that, you know, I do believe as the body of Christ internationally and nationally, we're on the verge of something really great. And now is really the time to press forward. You know, uh, Bishop Hiram has served in several capacities in the New York Church of God. Uh, the youth board currently serves on the state council and served with CAMS and MIP just about 30 years, 25 years. And so, you know, we give God praise for them. I, I, I do would like to recognize you to, today and just to affirm the ministry you have been doing. Uh, and so could you, Jonathan, just, just bring that up for me and the, the, the bag as well. Amen. I'll ask you both to come. And Amen. I was not aware that Sister Laurie played the, 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 the guitar. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Amen. And so today, a certificate of recognition, this certificate is awarded to Bishop Hiram and First Lady Laurie Claudio on July 7, 2019, Bishop Hiram and First Lady Lori Claudia was appointed to pastor Calvary Tabernacle Church of God. This certificate issued on June 25, 2023, recognized their leadership and stewardship, their great vision and servanthood for the past four years. We honor their hearts for their church and for their community. And this is beautiful, isn't it? Amen. And so it's with such honor and distinction that we present this to you both. And I brought a little gift here for you, so hope you'll enjoy. Amen. Can, can you just put your hands together for God's choice servant? Amen. Amen. We love and appreciate you so much. Amen. So I have a PowerPoint, and I'm going to share just for about a short time. And then I would love to pray with you, sharing from Genesis 28. I, I have today my sister and brother with me. They came to spend the weekend. They live in Pennsylvania. I, I turned 60 yesterday. I know I, know I don't look it, so thank you. <laughs> and so they came for that celebration. Amen. But let me take a few minutes just to share with you from Genesis 28. Genesis 28, so great seeing you, is a unique story. It's the story of Jacob and Esau and Israel, you, you know. And so what's just to kind of introduce this here for those who probably haven't read. Uh, Isaac is the son of Abraham. And he's now old in age, and he wants to pass on a blessing to his children. It was the tradition in those days that the firstborn would get double portion. 
Any firstborn in the house? Oh, man, you know, so to be, to be the firstborn, man, that was the position. And so he's old in age. His eyes are getting, by now he's blind. And he wants to do this before he passed away. So he tells his firstborn, Isaac, his firstborn, Esau, rather, listen, go out, make me hunt for events, make a meal, and bring, bring it so I can bless you. And the mom heard this, and she kind of had a preference for Jacob. And they were twins, but Esau was born first. And this is quite interesting that Jacob was born holding on to Esau's ankle or heel. is like pulling him back in and said, no, 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 make me come out first. I want that firstborn blessing from the womb. However, his mom heard and she came up with, and I won't go deep into this, she came up with a plot or a plan so Jacob could get the blessing. So nobody can cook like mom, you know that, right? So she whipped up a fast meal, gave it to him, he brought it to his dad. His dad said, the voice is the voice of Jacob. So, son, come closer. Let me touch you. And he touched him and he said, your hands are the hands of Esau. So the dad was confused. But nonetheless, Jacob lied. And his he convinced his father. And his father pronounced a blessing upon him. Now, going really fast. This happened. Esau shows up. The meal is prepared. And he said, Father, I've done what you asked so you can bless me. And this, what I'm going to share, it's so unique for parents and grandparents to remember this. Isaac said, I have already blessed Jacob. And he is blessed. In his desperation, he said, Father, don't you have another blessing? Can't you bless me also? And he put his hands on him to bless him. And the blessing is pretty much saying, you're blessed, but Jacob is greater or more blessed than you. And the words that I have pronounced, this there, the words that I've pronounced, I cannot take them back because they have already gone forth. So my question is, how important it is that as parents and grandparents, that we pronounce blessing upon our children every day. Amen. Because the environment that they live in today tears them down and casts all type of evil over their lives. But we can reverse it. And we can say just like Isaac, my child or my grandchild is blessed. And they shall be blessed. Nothing could reverse that. He couldn't, he couldn't take about the words that had gone out of his mouth. And as us as believers, Christ the Holy One lived within us. And we can pronounce that blessing. So that was kind of a little introduction. So we get to Jacob had to run from home in order to preserve his life. Because think about this. His brother Esau is going to take his life because he stole his birthright. He ran from home. 
He cannot return. And the future is absolutely uncertain because the journey he is taking, he had never took before. And it's in this situation that we come across Genesis 28 where here is how the Bible puts it. He came to a certain place where it was now nightfall. So I want for you to imagine, he's running, he's nervous, and he's, he's going to an uncle called Laban. Never met him, his, mom, his mom's brother, so she sent him there just for safety and to preserve his life. And as he's traveling, night overtook him. It's now dark, and he gets to a place where it's night, and he has to rest. And he lay down to rest. The Bible tells us, you could go to the next one, in a difficult place. He is between a rock and a hard place. He cannot go back and the future is uncertain. And it's in this place called Bethel where the Lord strategically allow him to get to this place right when it was dark. Do you know in your dark places, God has already made provision? Here is the unique thing about that. You know, things don't just happen by coincidence. Can I, I'm talking to somebody today, even though you don't know it when you're going through it, your life is marked out by God. God is ahead of you planning your life. Before Jacob ever got to a place called Luz, same place, Luz, Bethel. His great-grandfather Abraham had been to that place and he had built an altar there. He had prayed unto the Lord. He had consecrated that place and the prayers of his grandfather had literally gone up before him. And so Bethel was literally an open portal, a place of an open heaven. Can I tell you, in your dark places, they are open portals. God works best in difficult places. God works best in wilderness places. God works best when it seems like everything is dark. Because you are a star and stars never shine in the day. It's when the darkness comes that the beauty of the star is revealed. And God wants you to shine through every darkness. Oh, somebody give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you can shine through your darkness. You can shine through your difficulty. As a matter of fact, God's strength is revealed greater in our weakness because we depend on him. And when we are weak, his power is made strong in our life. And a, a true Christian, pride leave us because when we look back, we know we couldn't make it over those mountains had it not been for God. So all the praise and the glory and the honor we give to our king who sustain us. So here is what happened at Bethel. In a difficult place, he took a rock. I, I, I had a rock to bring and somehow I left my rock. So I'm going to use my Bible. Can you imagine this being a rock? Just kind of... Work with me here, all right? Okay. 
So imagine this is a rock. He wants to sleep and he takes a rock for his pillow. You know, most people have what you call it, Dr. Oz uh, comfort pillow. <laughs> Some folks, man, it's so difficult for them to sleep that they got to go buy those $200 pillows. But this man is sleeping on a stone. And you know what's amazing about it? He was able to rest. He was sleeping on a stone and he rests so well that he had a vision. Do you know the Lord will sustain you where you are? Every one of us will go through a season when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I hear God saying, fear not, for I am with you. My rod and my staff will comfort you. I will sustain you. He pour oils upon your head. He feeds you in the presence of your enemies. He will sustain you even in difficult places. And as he lay down, there was an open heaven and he saw a ladder from earth to heaven, angels ascending and descending. But above the angel, he saw the pre-incarnated Christ before Jesus was ever born. He had a revelation and he saw Jesus. Can you imagine that? He saw Jesus. And let me quickly say this. Angels are involved in the lives of the believer. Now, we don't pray to angels, but as we pray to the Lord, there are times, and we have to believe God for these things. When you're going through difficulties, God can release an angel to bring you assistance. Here is the scriptural reference of this. Think about Jesus in the wilderness being tempted. And he is tempted, you know the story, for 40 days. Do you know what the Bible tells us? Angels came and assisted him. Angels came and ministered to him. Here is another one. So let it be established in, in two witnesses. Jesus is in Mount Olive and he's, he's praying right before his crucifixion. And the weight of the sins of the world was upon him. And here's what the Bible tells us. Angels came and ministered to him and Jesus was strengthened. Jesus, the son of God, was strengthened through the ministry of an angel. Okay, here's the third one. How about Elijah? Elijah, this great prophet who called down fire from heaven, he became so depressed that he wanted, he was suicidal. And God sent an angel. And the angel cooked him a meal, Pastor Hiram. I'm still trying to figure out, man, the recipe. Because after he ate that meal, he went for 40 days in strength and power. That was some meal. All again because of the assistance of angel. And here is what the Bible tells us. The angels, oh, I need to behave myself better. Okay. <laughs> here is what the Bible tells us. 
The angels of the Lord encamp it around about them that fear him. Come on, help me. Lift your hands. Say, Lord, I fear you. Come on, let's all say it together. Lord, I fear you. And so I know the angels of the Lord encamps around me. Amen. 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 The Bible says, in their hands, they will bear you up. Amen. And so, angels are involved in ministry. So, he, he saw this angel, this, this lava, straight from earth to heaven. And it's really, it really also signifies a church. A church, a life-giving church, connects people on earth to God. Amen? Life-giving people connects people to Jesus. And that's why every one of us here, we're called to connect people to Jesus. This ladder was connecting earth to heaven. And you and I, we're called to connect people to Christ. i share this quick, quick, quick testimony. My, my, my daughter is in med school and she's on her last year. And it's so hard to get her to do anything with us because... She's so deeply emerged in her study, in which we understand. So we were going to Plattsburgh to preach, a Church of God church, which, you know, Plattsburgh is just about five hours. So you think about it. You're driving five hours. You're going to preach for 40 minutes. And then you turn back and drive home five hours. But my family was with me. And so we were going to go to Bronxville. We're taking 87 North. We, we called Sarah. Sarah, can you do lunch? And man, we're shocked. Seemed like she's hungry. She's willing to do lunch. So she set it all up. We went to this restaurant, walking. We're, we're having lunch. And two men were sitting to my left. They got up to leave. And as they got up to leave, I didn't hear a voice, but as loud as a thunder, I heard in my spirit, you need to pray with that man. I said, Lord, I'm having lunch. <laughs> so I said, okay, God, if this is you, let him say something to me. Just about then. The guy turned around, looked at me directly. Goodbye. <laughs> we, we, we made no contact before. So I said, sir, I know I'm supposed to pray for you today. Is it okay? He looked at his friend. He said, sure. I placed my left hand on his back. I held his right hand. I prayed for him for about two minutes. And then as I let go, he looked at me and he said, sir... When you place your hands on my back, I felt this energy running all through my body. What, is, what was that? I said, sir, it's a God who loves you more than you can ever imagine. And that's his Holy Spirit just touching you and letting you know that he is real. And here's what he went on to say. I was so down that my friend brought me here. I had Lyme disease. And he brought me here to cheer me up. We kept talking, sharing. The friend said, just about three months ago, I'm coming out of heart surgery. Do you know, you don't really have to be in church to connect people to God. Amen. You connect them during the week and you bring them on Sunday. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, one of the greatest, and you know what's, what's amazing about that? My 12-year-old my daughter, my wife, they're right there seeing all of this happening and seeing God being glorified in the lives of people 
who are not in church. And that's what we're called for. We, we cannot be ashamed of our faith. They, hear me. I'm talking to men. I wish I could come and say it personal to everyone. Time won't allow. I wish I could come to everyone and say it personally. God has divine appointments set up waiting for you just to share his love. And it, when, when you do, it brings so much excitement and joy in your heart. And then you think that's all when you get to heaven. If those people get there before you, they're going to be waiting at the gate for you. As you burst through heaven, they're going to say, that's him, that's her. They're the one who told me about Jesus. And nothing, nothing on earth can be more exciting than that. Nothing. Amen. So we, we are, come on, let's say with me. Lord, help me to connect people to you. That's what I was made for. Amen, amen. Uh, let, let me rush along. Amen. So I want to say to you, dream big. He, he, he had a dream, and he dreamt big. It's amazing. This week we had our camp meeting, and the, uh, one of our speakers, first night, Wednesday night, that's what he spoke about. Dream big. You know why we should dream big? Because God is bigger than anything we can dream. Amen. God is bigger than Goliath. Listen, God can take down any Goliath in your life, any mountain. So we got to dream big. If you're a business person, man, believe God to grow and expand your business and to send you destiny helpers. Amen. Dream big for he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Let's move on. Hallelujah. And so here is what. One of the things that happened in his dream, the Lord gave him a promise. The Lord said, let me go slow so you could really hear this. The Lord said, Jacob, think about this. He's so confused. He's an emotional wreck. But the Lord said, Jacob, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to keep you where you're going. And I'm going to sustain you, and I'm going to bring you back to this very place. Do you know all we need is a word from God? He received a word from God. He received a promise from God. Hear me today. One word from God can make you walk on water. One word from God can make you sleep on a lion like he's your pillow. One word from God can make you have revival in a fiery furnace. He had a promise from God. I will be with you. Can, can you receive that today? God is saying to us, I will be with you. I, here, here is the, the, the actual reading. You could read it for yourself in Genesis 28. I will be with you and I will not leave you until I fulfill what I have promised you. Can you leave from here today remembering that? That God is with you and he will not leave you until he has fulfilled his promise to you. He is with you. Jesus emphasized and rephrased that in the New Testament. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you. Amen. Doesn't, doesn't mean we escape challenges and trials. 
But he takes us through those situations and through those circumstances. We have a promise from God today that he is with us and he will not leave us until he has fulfilled what he has spoken to us. This promises, his words are faithful. He's faith in Revelation, the end of the Bible. He is proclaimed as the true and faithful. Can you, can you, can you help me for one moment? Look at the person next to you and tell them, God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. And he will do for you whatever he has promised you. Amen. He is a faithful God. And so Jacob was able to leave from that place acting courageously. Well, I missed one. He had an encounter. I guess the food is calling us there. <laughs> one of the greatest things, and I, I've been sharing this a lot recently, it's encounters. Many people don't have encounters because they don't pray for encounters. I, I don't I don't want I, I want I want as much of God as He had as He has for me and as He wants to give me. And we ought to grow and get deeper in God. This encounter that Jacob had, no one could change his mind about who God is because he encountered him. Do, do you know it's also scriptural to pray for encounters? Manoah's wife, her name is not even listed in the Old Testament scripture. But an angel appeared to her and said, you're going to have a son, name him Samson. And the father wasn't there. You know, Thank God for praying mothers, amen? amen? And when she told her husband this story, they agreed together. And here's what they prayed. It's an angel, but they refer to this angel as the man of God. They prayed and said, Lord, please send again the man of God that you sent before. And guess what happened? The angel showed up again. They had an encounter. You know, it's, it's amazing when, Lord, I don't know how much I need to go into this here. But Moses, have you thought about Moses? Moses encountered God in a burning bush in the wilderness after 40 years of wilderness living. Sometimes situations and circumstances will push you in the wilderness. But wilderness are perfect places for God encounters. God showed up in the wilderness and God spoke to him from the wilderness. He heard the voice of God. He encountered God. Now, if that was the present American pastor, he would have wrote a book, Me and God and the Fire. <laughs> Bestseller. God appeared to me in the wilderness. Moses was so hungry for more of God that he wanted more. And think about it. From, from that first encounter, he was then on the mountain with God. Think about this. For 40 days and 40 nights. Think about being in God's presence, 40 days, and seeing the finger of God right in the Ten Commandments 
on stones. Man, that would have been enough for you and me, but not Moses. You know what Moses did after all of that? Moses went before God, weeping. God, if I found favor in your sight, please show me your glory. I want to know you, God. Please reveal yourself to me. And God said, I will allow my glory to pass before you. But Moses, I got to warn you, I'm so awesome, you can't see my face. And God covered him and allowed his glory. Can I show you something? God said, you can't see my face. I'll allow you just to see my back. This is my interpretation. God covers him and God walked by. And God's glory was so awesome that Moses wrote five books. That's just the back portion of God. The New Testament he couldn't see because Jesus was not yet revealed. Amen. And so what am I saying to us? There are certain things that we have to do routinely. Like our prayer life. Fasting when the Holy Spirit nudges our hearts to fast. Seeking his face. Silence and solitude with the Lord. Because that's how we get God encounters. Amen. Amen. And so we ought to desire God because there's a living, mighty, holy God. His spirit lives within us, which is one of the greatest mystery of the gospel that Christ in us, the whole, the hope of glory, living in our spirit. Amen. And so we believe God to grow, to encounter him and to do dynamic things for him. Moses got, from, got up from that place and Moses acted courageously. I'm, I'm sorry, Jacob acted courageously. Here's what the Bible tells us that Jacob did. Jacob, the very stone where he slept. He took oil. I want you to imagine this with me. He had a little bit of oil. He's going on a journey. And what he had was so expensive in the context of his situation. But he got up from his dream, got up from his vision. And he took the oil he had. And he poured the oil on a stone.
morning, whenever you pour oil on a difficult place, you are able to change the name of that place. Because before he poured oil, the place was called lust. But when he poured oil, God changed the name of the place to Bethel, house of God, house of worship. Oh, hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. Hear me. We ought to be known. So listen, Lord, have mercy. You know what Jacob said in his encounter? He said, surely the Lord is in this place. He, we woke up and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. You know what he said? Please go read Genesis 28. He said, this is the gate of heaven. The Lord is here and I knew it not. Can, can, I, can I show you something? way, way more deeper than the revelation that Jacob had. Are you ready for this? Do with me. Do like this. Do like this. I say with me, the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Yeah, the Lord is right here. The Lord is within you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Lord is in this place. He lives within you. His power and his strength is within you. And you become that house of worship. Amen. You become the place where his presence dwells. Paul declared, Know ye not that ye are the temple of the living God and that Christ dwells within you. Yes. He doesn't come for vacation. He doesn't come for a weekend visit. <laughs> he lives within you. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He got up from there and he acted courageously. I'm going to pray, but let me show you one last thing before I pray. From that experience, he went and he served, and God so divine the plan to meet Jacob again. And when God met Jacob this last time, the Lord said to Jacob, you know, the angel appeared to him, and this time he held on to the angel. And he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the darkness was leaving, and the angel said, Let me go. And Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. That's how determined he was. And the angel said to Jacob, Don't miss this. Okay, what's your name? And I believe heaven and earth stood still in silence. Because the last time that Jacob was asked by an authority, what's your name? He said, my name is Esau. 
Thank you, Father God.